Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Today, Marginal Mysteries host and author Micah Van Hus will look at the earth as it was before the biblical flood. Our final prophecy conference of the year is just a few weeks away. Columbus, Ohio, October 26th through the 28th. Three days with over a dozen speakers, including Jonathan Kahn, Donald Perkins, and Bill Federer. Registration is open right now. Call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or visit the events page of our website, swrc.com. Don't miss this special opportunity to hear Jonathan Kahn. Be sure and ask about our special VIP package when you call 1-800-652-1144. Friends, did humans and dinosaurs coexist? Let's find out. Here's Micah Van Hus. Welcome to the program today. I am Micah Van Hus, and I am your host today for the program. And uh, today we are going to be talking about dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are a fascinating topic for a lot of folks. And uh, as I did my research on my latest book, The Earth As It Was, I wrote a chapter about the antediluvian animals. The Earth As It Was uh, is my speculation uh, about the Earth before the flood of Noah. The Earth was vastly different, in my opinion, and we'll take some look at uh, scriptural evidence and talk about things that caused lizards to be giants and grow, uh, live very long lifespans. Many giant creatures have existed in our past. In the antediluvian world, I do believe that there was a firmament, a layer of ice in the sky. The uh, scripture is clear about the firmament in the days of creation. I believe that that layer of ice was broken at Noah's flood. That is why scripture says that the windows of heaven were opened and it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, partially why. The fountains of the great deep were broken up with a, with a layer of ice or water, but likely ice, uh, in the sky. That would mean all kinds of different things for conditions on the earth. First of all, there would be increased pressure on the earth. There would also be more oxygen in our atmosphere. The earth, North Pole, South Pole, all around the globe, the temperature would roughly be in the mid-70s. Uh, so it would be kind of a tropical environment, whether you're at the North Pole, South Pole, the equator, the earth was kind of uh, just one uh, greenhouse effect, not much wind at all. So these conditions caused mankind and the animals to live extremely long lives and live bigger lives. First of all, we see that men live to be uh, hundreds of years old, 950 on average when it comes to the patriarchs, the antediluvian patriarchs. And that, in my opinion, is because the layer of water in the sky blocked the sun's UV rays, which are a massive cause of the cancerous problems we have today and also causing aging. So it's not just the humans, but the, the animals and the dinosaurs would continue to grow. Lizards do not stop growing throughout their lives. We do. Around 20 years old, 20 to 25 years old, we as humans do, but lizards do not stop growing. And so if these lizards lived extremely long lives, they would continue to grow, and they would be what we know as dinosaurs. And then another question we will answer today is, uh, you know, why don't we see dinosaurs today? Were they all killed in the flood? Did Noah not take any dinosaurs on the ark? Um, well, if you believe God's word, as I do, 
I believe that dinosaurs and man were created on the same day of creation. That's day six. So absolutely, unapologetically, as a Christian and a believer in God's word, I do believe that animals, that, excuse me, that dinosaurs and humans coexisted. As we said, uh, animals grew to enormous sizes before the flood, and I think that also applied to man. Uh, we're not going to talk about the giants today, um, but we see plenty of giants in Scripture. I believe that the normal human before the flood was roughly twice as big as we are now. In other words, Adam and Noah were probably 12 feet tall, basically doubling uh, what we have today. So a giant in the antediluvian world would have been even bigger, up to 20 feet. Why do I say that? Because what we see in the fossil record uh, with the animals is that most of the animals were, were basically twice as big as they are now, with the exception of insects. Insects are much bigger in the antediluvian world, but that's because insects intake oxygen through their skin a different way than the other animals do, which is through our lungs. So insects got much, much, much bigger in the antediluvian world, but humans and animals um, roughly twice as big as what we see today. So I think it stands to reason that the humans before the flood were probably twice as big. But fascinating stuff. So we find all kinds of giant things uh, in the fossil record. We found a 16-inch tall frog, a 23-foot tall rhinoceros that was found in China in 2015. A giant rodent found was the size of a modern-day buffalo in Uruguay. Uh, We found a 9-foot-tall donkey fossil. We found a 13-foot-tall turkey, a 7-foot-long beaver, and for those of you that don't like cockroaches, 18-inch-long cockroaches, 2-foot-long grasshoppers. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole list, but we have found a ton of animals that were just massive uh, before the flood. A 45-foot-long snake in Cambodia was found in 2009, of course, a fossil. So we had massive creatures before the flood. When we talk about dinosaurs, dinosaurs had small lungs and small nostrils. If a dinosaur that was 80 foot tall, a titanosaur, lived today, that titanosaur would die very quickly from lack of oxygen. He would not be able to breathe with his tiny lungs and tiny nostrils in the atmosphere we have today. So the antediluvian atmosphere had 31% oxygen, and today we have 21% oxygen in our atmosphere, so there's a lot less oxygen now there was a lot more pressure in the antediluvian world. So with increased pressure, not only do the blood cells carry oxygen to your body, but also the plasma part of your blood, which is the liquid that you see, that does not carry oxygen today, but in an increased pressure environment, it does, which is why we use hyperbaric oxygen therapy to help heal wounds twice as fast on people who can afford it. NFL uh, stars get hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Divers who come up too fast from underneath the water and get the bends, they are put through hyperbaric oxygen therapy in a pressurized environment to help them heal more quickly. So that's why titanosaurs, 80-foot-tall titanosaurs with lungs the size of a horse and nostrils the size of a horse, would have been able to breathe in the antediluvian world. And that ties into, as we get into a little bit later, why we don't see as many dinosaurs today. I do believe that there are dinosaurs today. Uh, We will get into that. But that's one of the reasons why the dinosaurs started to die off or become smaller. I think it's much more likely that the dinosaurs just got smaller and smaller and smaller and hunted out. But let's get into that in a little bit. It's not just the land animals that we find that were massive uh, in the fossil record. We also find uh, aquatic animals um, that were much, much bigger. We have found a fossil of an 11-foot wide oyster, a 50-foot long squid, an octopus with 100-foot long tentacles, 25-foot long manatees, 
eight-foot-long sea scorpions, that one of those was found in New York, a 12-foot claw spawn crab, three-foot piranhas, 16-foot-long turtles, and three-feet-long shrimp. One of those was found in Morocco. So we see that uh, these animals were much, much bigger in the antediluvian world. Before we get into dragons and, and more dinosaurs, if you want to take a look at my latest book, The Earth As It Was, or my previous book, Ancient Cities and the Gods Who Built Them, feel free to stop by marginalmysteries.com. Marginalmysteries.com is the website. Um, and not only do we have uh, books for sale, uh, books that other folks have written for Southwest Radio Ministries, but also t-shirts. Um, Noah was a conspiracy theorist t-shirt. Uh, all kinds of great stuff. Feel free to check it all out at marginalmysteries.com. So I do believe that dinosaurs um, were taken onto the ark. Uh, Noah was a smart man at 600 years old. Uh, he knew that he didn't have to take an 80-foot titanosaur on the ark. He could have just taken the two-foot newborn version. Well, it's not just my belief in God and belief in Scripture, but there are plenty of records throughout history of dragons, of dinosaurs, very recently, up until we live. You just, it's just hidden from the folks who have an agenda with evolution. They, they uh, dismiss anything and everything that would show that dinosaurs uh, lived with mankind. Um, they have, they're coming at the issue from a predetermined notion that there cannot be a God. This cannot be how it all happened. It couldn't have been intelligent design. It's just billions of years of, of magic wand of nonsense. But I disagree with that. Uh, there are plenty of records showing that dinosaurs and man have lived together. One of the earliest creatures to appear in the legends of ancient China is the dragon. The dragon has been worn on the robes of emperors, depicted on precious metals, uh, referenced in Chinese literature and the arts uh, dating back thousands of years. Now, despite being portrayed as a monster in most, in most cultures in China, it's usually regarded as a benevolent creature, much as uh, cows are in India. So there's all kinds of stories uh, from China where uh, Yu the Great, which was around 2000 BC, 4,000 years ago now, the story that he was helped by a dragon to manage floodwaters, which were devastating his kingdom. There are uh, dinosaur carvings that have been found in Mongolia from uh, 5,000 years ago. Um, now, we read a little bit about dinosaurs in Scripture. Let's read about Behemoth in Job chapter 40, verse 15 through 18, and verse 23. Behold now Behemoth, which I made with thee, he eateth grass as an ox. Lo, now his strength is in his loins, and his force is in the navel of his belly. He moveth his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. His bones are as strong pieces of brass. His bones are like bars of iron. Behold, he drinketh up a river, and hasteth not. He trusteth that he can draw up Jordan into his mouth. Now, some folks say that this is not a dinosaur here in Job chapter 40, uh, but this is a rhinoceros, a hippopotamus, or an elephant. But do you know any of those three creatures that have a tail like a cedar tree? No, I think that Job is obviously describing a titanosaur here in Job chapter 40. Also, pterodactyls, though they are not dinosaurs themselves, are known to have lived alongside of dinosaurs. They belong to the pterosaur family. Now, fossils of pterodactyls have been found with wingspans of 36 feet wide. Now, we do, in my opinion, likely read about pterodactyls in Scripture. 
Isaiah chapter 14, verse 29 reads, Rejoice not thou, whole Palestinia, because the rod of him that smote thee is broken. For out of the serpent's root shall come forth a cockatrice, and his fruit shall be a fiery flying serpent. Also in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 5, we read, They hatch cockatrice eggs and weave the spider's web. He that eateth of their eggs dieth, and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. As we read about these eggs turning into a viper, there's a lot of folks um, who say that these are not pterodactyls, but these are actually snakes when we talk about fiery serpents and all this. But we just read Isaiah chapter 14, verse 29, which calls it a fiery flying serpent. How many snakes do you know that can fly? All right, so in my opinion here in Isaiah, it's talking about a flying reptile, possibly a pterodactyl. In Job chapter 41, we read about another prehistoric animal, a dinosaur, and that would be Leviathan. Let's read a little bit about Leviathan in Job chapter 41. Canst thou draw out Leviathan with an hook or his tongue with a cord which thou lettest down? Who can open the doors of his face? His teeth are terrible round about. His scales are his pride, shut up together as with a close seal. One is so near to another that no air can come between them. They are joined one to the other, yet they stick together that they cannot be sundered. This, what we're reading, uh, sounds a whole lot like an alligator. And of course, there's plenty of other dinosaurs that uh, share a lot of these uh, traits with alligators. But uh, let's keep reading, and this turns into something much more than an alligator. Job chapter 41, verse 18. By his kneesings, or his breathings, or sneezings, by his kneesings a light doth shine, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the morning. Out of his mouth go burning lamps, and sparks of fire leap out. Out of his nostrils goeth smoke, as out of a seething pot or cauldron. His breath kindleth coals, and a flame goeth out of his mouth. In his neck remaineth strength, and sorrow is turned into joy before him. This is uh, much more uh, than an alligator, and this brings us a little bit into uh, fire-breathing dragons. Uh, I do believe that fire-breathing dragons existed. Uh, I I speculate that it's very likely that uh, what we see in uh, fairy tales and uh, mythologies of knights uh, hunting fire-breathing dragons are actually uh, real. Um, We have plenty of stories of history. We'll get to those in just a moment. But we're seeing in Scripture that uh, Leviathan breathes fire. There are chambers in most dinosaur skulls uh, that scientists don't know why the the empty spaces are there. Um, But if you look at the Bombardier beetle, which is a beetle we have today, uh, its defense mechanism is to mix two chemicals from two chambers in its bottom. And as soon as those two chemicals are mixed... In the third chamber, it causes an explosion, and uh, you go watch a video of a Bombardier beetle. It's pretty cool, and that's its defense. Uh, so we have that in Elohim's creation today. So uh, it's not a stretch to think that dinosaur skulls had two chambers with two different chemicals, and they used them to breathe fire. Um, we read about it here in Scripture, and I believe Scripture. Now, before we move on from Leviathan, There's another very interesting thing to note. Let's read Psalm chapter 74, verse 12 through 14. For God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. Thou didst divide the sea by thy strength. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. So notice here that Leviathan has multiple heads. Well, that condition in animals is called polycephaly. 
uh, and it is most common in the reptile species. Now, which animal on our planet is most susceptible to polycephaly? That would be snakes. They are the most common to have two heads. So here we have a multiple-headed dragon in Scripture. So we hear all kinds of things like this from mythology. They are called hydras, multiple-headed dragons. One of Hercules' 12 labors was to defeat the Linerian hydra. One of my points in my book, The Earth As It Was, and one of the points I, I believe after studying through the stuff that I've written about, there is a whole lot more truth to the world's mythologies than most people like to admit. We see all kinds of fantastical things in mythologies. The story of uh, Beowulf and Grendel, monsters and dragons. But here we're reading about it in Scripture, and we're reading about the multiple heads of Leviathan matching up with the quote-unquote mythology about Hercules and his 12 labors. It's fascinating stuff to study, and if you are interested in taking a look, a deeper dive uh, into that topic, uh, feel free to check out my book, The Earth As It Was. Uh, I am Micah Van Hus. You can get a copy of The Earth As It Was on marginalmysteries.com. Uh, you can also get a copy of my last book, Ancient Cities and the Gods Who Built Them. I am currently writing, almost done, with my third book, Secret Societies. Well, in Secret Societies, we get into all kinds of awesome things um, about secret societies, the origin of secret societies, how secret societies have shaped our world, and what role they have to play in the end times. We're not going to get into that in today's episode. Um, that one is saved for another time. But soon, my book, Secret Societies, will be coming out. Uh, you can uh, see a little bit of it on MarginalMysteries.com. You can also see the videos uh, that we do and post on social media uh, at MarginalMysteries.com, on YouTube, Facebook. There's a ton of We do all, most of the social media, so I won't name them all. Um, but feel free to go to MarginalMysteries.com and see our social media links, our books, uh, our t-shirts, and I think there's even a DVD on there. Now, one very interesting thing that we see in the apocryphal uh, literature in the apocryphal book of Daniel is a real breathing dragon. Now, the book of Daniel in our Bible, it lacks three chapters that the apocryphal book, uh, the apocryphal book of Daniel adds three chapters uh, to our book of Daniel. And one of these apocryphal chapters in Scripture, uh, there is a Daniel 14. This is the apocryphal version. Um, it reads, Daniel chapter 14, verse 23. There was a great dragon which the Babylonians revered. The king said to Daniel, you cannot deny that this is a living God, so worship it. But Daniel answered, I worship the Lord my God, for he is the living God. Give me permission, O king, and I will kill this dragon without sword or club. I give you permission, the king said. Then Daniel took some pitch, fat, and hair. These he boiled together and made into cakes. He put them into the mouth of the dragon, and when the dragon ate them, he burst. This, he said, is what you revered. When the Babylonians heard this, they were angry and turned against the king. The king has become a Jew, they said. He has destroyed Bel, killed the dragon, and put the priests to death. They went to the king and demanded, Hand Daniel over to us, or we will kill you and your family. When he saw himself threatened with violence, the king was forced to hand Daniel over to them. They threw Daniel into a lion's den where he remained six days. Now, what we know from Scripture is that Daniel refused to worship um, the God, and so they threw him into the lion's den. But here in the apocryphal version of Daniel, it gives a lot more details, if this is in fact correct, um, that this God was actually a living, breathing dragon. In fact, the king even says so much that this is a real God because you can see him living and breathing. 
a fascinating story uh, from the apocryphal uh, book of Daniel. So do we still have dinosaurs today? I believe that we do. I believe alligators and crocodiles are dinosaurs. Um, so various evolutionist websites flail around and say that, oh, the alligators aren't dinosaurs because of this, and they aren't dinosaurs because their legs stick out this way, all this other. But one thing that scientists do agree on is that alligators were here on this earth before the dinosaurs. So let me ask you a question. The comet that supposedly killed off all the dinosaurs, how come it didn't kill off all the alligators if that is true? Um, now, uh, I don't necessarily buy into the idea that a comet uh, killed off all the dinosaurs. Um, I believe that um, after the flood, the atmosphere was very different. Uh, so if they did not adapt with microevolution, not macroevolution, microevolution is adaptation. Now, that's part of God's creation. Um, what Darwin observed with the finches was microevolution. It was small changes in species. It wasn't the changing of one kind of animal to another. Uh, anyway, um, so animals do adapt uh, to their environment here on the planet. That's why we have all the different variations uh, of horses and all the different variations of cats and dogs. Um, but I do believe that, um, uh, excuse me, so uh, we dinosaurs died off because they didn't adapt or they just started to get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller of the generations because they couldn't uh, breathe the atmosphere. They couldn't get as big as they used to, uh, part of God's creation. I do believe another big reason why uh, we don't have uh, as many dinosaurs um, or why we don't see them is because they were dangerous and they were hunted off. Uh, we have all kinds of depictions of uh, men uh, hunting dinosaurs, wrangling dinosaurs on ancient uh, artwork um, uh, from vases uh, with uh, guys wrangling titanosaurs uh, to murals with um, African men hunting what look like uh, velociraptors. There's all kinds of awesome ancient depictions of men with dinosaurs together, but it's not just ancient ones. Uh, we have uh, Bishop Bell's tomb. Bishop Bell was buried in 1496 AD, um, and on his tomb are carvings of titanosaurs. Um, we have a temple in Cambodia built in 1200 AD that have awesome pictures of stegosauruses on them. Um, we have the story of St. George slaying the dragon uh, that was Started in around 800 and some A.D., uh, and it changes over time to a few different heroes, um, but St. George slaying the dragon. Um, by that point, they say in the story that dragons had become so small that that dragon was only the size of his horse. Um, so fascinating stories there. We also have an account of Alexander the Great seeing a hundred-foot-tall dragon while he was trying to conquer India, and it is recorded in Roman history um, of Alexander the Great uh, seeing... In fact, let me pull up that story real quick. Let's read uh, On Nature of Animals. This is an ancient uh, Roman author, well, not ancient, 330 BC, um, a Roman author, uh, Claudius Alenus, in his work on the nature of animals, it reads, When Alexander threw some parts of India into a commotion and took possession of others, he encountered, among many other animals, a serpent which lived in a cavern and was regarded as sacred by the Indians who paid it great and superstitious reverence. Accordingly, Indians went to all lengths, imploring Alexander to permit nobody to attack the serpent, and he asked, and he assented to their wish. Now, as the army passed by the cavern and caused a noise, the serpent was aware of it. It has, you know, the sharpest hearing and keenest sight of all animals. And it hissed and snorted so violently that all were terrified and confounded. It was reported to measure 70 cubits, although it was not visible in all its length, for it's only put its head out. 
At any rate, its eyes were said to have been the size of a large, round Macedonian shield. A fascinating story uh, from Alexander the Great's conquests um, and dinosaurs existing only 2,000 years ago. Now, um, there are other uh, reasons why uh, I believe that dinosaurs and man coexisted. One is uh, the story of the Buru. Uh, the Buru is a 15-foot-long reptilian described as looking like a cross between a crocodile and a snake. Now, these Buru lived in the Himalayan Valley. Um, different tribes uh, saw the Buru and told stories of the Buru, and the last time a Buru was seen was 1947, only 75 years, excuse me, 76 years ago now, uh, the Buru uh, was mentioned as being a dinosaur. Um, there's all kinds. One more fascinating story. Let's squeeze it in. Um, in 1856, workmen were digging a railway tunnel near St. Désir, France, and when one large limestone boulder was split open, the workers were astonished to see a large winged creature tumble out. It flutters its wings, let out a croak, and then died. Now, this creature was described exactly like a pterodactyl. And you're saying, how did a pterodactyl live inside of a rock? Well, frogs living inside of rocks for hundreds of years is such a common phenomenon that it's got its own name. It's called toad in the hole. And that is because people will break open rocks and there will be toads in there that have been hibernating or whatever you call it. I guess hibernating is a good word for it. Um, and all of a sudden, they come back to life. Lizards, toads. It seems to be reptilian creatures. Now, if a pterodactyl, which is a looks like a reptilian and is a reptilian, I think it's quite possible that that could happen too. Fascinating story, but um, it's been a fascinating uh, study with you folks today. Um, if you've been intrigued or you're interested in reading more about not just the dinosaurs, but the earth as it was before the flood of Noah, um, feel free to take a look at my latest book, The Earth As It Was. Um, you can find a copy on Marginal Mysteries. Dot com, along with all kinds of other awesome resources. Again, marginalmysteries.com, and I've been your host, Micah Van Huss. What did the Nephilim do to Elohim's creation? Did humans and dinosaurs coexist? How did men live into their 900s? What happened to the Garden of Eden? Who did Cain marry? Did a layer of water encompass the earth? Find the answers in Micah Van Huss's book, the Earth as it was. Inside the pages of The Earth as it was, you'll study the firmament talked about throughout Scripture and the effects that it had on human lifespans and the size of reptiles. Join Micah as he takes a look at the antediluvian world and the overwhelming proof that the flood of Noah happened and changed the Earth forever. The Earth as it was, available to order today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order The Earth As It Was on our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. And be sure to check out the brand new Marginal Mysteries website, marginalmysteries.com. Our final prophecy conference of the year is just a few weeks away. Columbus, Ohio, October 26th through the 28th. Three days with over a dozen speakers, including Jonathan Kahn, Donald Perkins, and Bill Federer. Registration is open right now. Call 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, Micah Van Huss will look at the mysteries of the pyramid. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall 
podcast. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.